Hello and welcome to episode 156 of Constructing Comics, a podcast, building stories one page and one panel at a time. On this episode, we have an interview with Adam Barnhart, writer of the upcoming shit show from Scout Comics. This is this is Matt, and normally I would be joined by Noah, but he's not here. So uh, Adam, I'd like to uh, thank you uh, for joining us. Uh, could you give us a quick uh, bio about yourself? A quick bio. First off, thanks for having me. Um, quick bio. By day, I am an entertainment journalist, um, writing about movies, film, comics, Mountain Dew, fast food. Um, and by night, I um, am a comic writer, as you can see. Um, born and raised in Iowa, moved around a couple of years. Um, my background is in, in marketing and digital media, and somehow that decided to morph itself into writing both both the news and creatively um then and now i'm here i am not sure how in depth you wanted me to go at all if you have any questions we could totally spit off of that that's kind of who i am i i once marketed and now i write um no that's that's cool um i i meant i jotted down some mental notes for for questions for later based on that uh, that bio but uh, how about uh, an elevator pitch for for this comic that's uh, uh, soon to be released an elevator pitch so here is the uh, if we're going from floor 11 to floor 12 it's it's drunk carnies with superpowers hence hence the title um, a cata it's it's based in this alternate earth mm-hmm. um, where where there are hundreds of thousands of of superheroes and 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 how do I want to say it? I don't want to give it away, but an event happens um, and those heroes and and villains and anyone with abilities um, goes away um, except for, for a select few and those select few form a traveling circuit or circus, excuse me, called the uh, magnificent McCoys. Um, And it's kind of, it's somewhere between shameless, the boys good old uh, classic Marvel DC comic book goodness. Um, that's that's turned from a short elevator ride into a long elevator ride, but that is the meat and potatoes of uh, Shit Show. Very cool. So you had mentioned that you, you had a background in sort of like journalism and in writing on a, a number mm-hmm. of topics, but uh, now you've turned your attention to, to, to comics writing. Is uh, Is this your first sort of, like real attempt at uh, writing a comic or were there, there, you know, smaller projects in, in the past? Uh, how, how, how's sort of that origin story uh, of, of yours? This is my first published work. I won't say it's my, my first attempt. Um, a few years ago, four, three, four now, um, I, I developed a, uh, uh, a comic called Killennials. It's kind of like uh, uh, Dexter in, in the office. Um, and I pitched that around. I was talking to a publisher and that, that kind of fizzled out. And that was, um, I had it written and we actually got the art done for one issue. Um, and once that uh, the, the publisher talks fizzled, I, I put that on the back burner and kind of um, set my attention to doing short stories and such. And I, I did a few short stories and got the art out there. I, it wasn't really serious. It was just more of, me showing myself, well, I know how to structure a news story and, and I know kind of how to critique comics or I, at least I think I know how to critique comics. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's, let's try writing comics. And I did a few short stories. Um, and then I had this idea and, and I really, 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 really believed in it. And uh, we developed our, our pitch packet for it um and sent it around and it got picked up um pretty quick and uh we developed it uh even more and and turned it into a three issue micro series um which has then morphed into much more if you follow us on or follow me on uh facebook or instagram or anything like that you'll you'll see it's kind of spiraled <laughs> since then but yeah this is my f- I, I would consider this my first serious attempt it's certainly my first published work um but at the same time i don't want to say it's it's not my first quote-unquote real attempt um because that kind of discredits self-publishing and that mm-hmm. that's stuff um but yeah it is my first published book 
Okay, so it sounds like this is an idea that's relatively uh, recent for you. you. You were working on some of the shorts, uh, but then, then you got the idea for this, because I found a lot of times in these interviews, some of these first stories are stories that people have sort of, you know, been sort of workshopping in their head for, for years, maybe mm -hmm. sometimes dating back to, to childhood, but this is sort of like a, a recent idea for you? I would say so, yeah. Um, I mean, I, I was looking through emails and such because I'm overly sentimental of sorts. Um, and I was looking and we just passed our, our one year anniversary of actually pitching it. So we did, we started work. Um, we sent, I sent two pitch emails out September 18th of last year. Um, so we're, we're now almost two weeks or, or a year and two weeks past, past that date. Um, so we had gotten a quarter of the book first issue done prior to that. So, um, yeah, I would say, I mean, I started working on the idea probably fall of 2018, mm -hmm. um, at least outlining and, and things of that nature. Um, and, and writing the script, um, for at least the first six pages. Um, and it's, it's thanks. I shouldn't say thanks, but due to, to COVID and the, the pandemic, you know, we, um, got pushed back significantly a little bit. Everyone did. So that's, mm -hmm. that's kind of how that is. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, my m most recent idea, I guess you could say it's, it all, it all came within the past 18 months. Mm -hmm. so. so when you were doing the pitching, um, did you, did you do sort of, I know some folks feel like the standard for, for a pitch is sort of like, uh, you know, a document outlining the series letting the you know the the editor whoever's getting it sort of understand the the themes and where it's going and, you know and a lot of times it's a it's a cover in like five you know completed pages is uh is that what you sent out or did you send out uh, a, a complete first issue no nowhere close to the first issue um i, I did include pretty much everything uh, you said what i did include um, I, I did a log line, which was pretty much, you know, the, the drunk carnies with superpowers and then, and then a follow-up. And then I did a synopsis. Mm -hmm. Um, then I went ahead and I don't want to say I, I wrote out the entire series as prose or anything, but I did write out a, a lengthy outline, um, because the publisher really doesn't care about spoilers, right? Cause they want to know what's going on and they want to know what's printing. Mm -hmm. So I, uh, threw everything in there, you know, page by page really almost, um, not, not literally. Um, but they knew how it was going to end, who was going to do what, um, and things of that nature. And then I did include, um, six interior pages and two cover ideas. Um, and the cover idea I pitched is what we're using for, number one and the second cover i pitched is we're using for number three um and i did that and um you know with the background in marketing and digital media i'm i'm pretty well versed in in the adobe stuff so i kind of dressed it up with um in design and, and photoshop and and all of those fun little tools um to make it a little bit more attractive you know than um sending in something with default Microsoft Office font. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, that's, that's pretty much the standard, you know, and then that's the thing with publishers, you know, if publisher has um, open submissions, um, you really have to pay attention to, to what they're asking. You know, I know some publishers didn't even want that stuff. You know, some publishers don't want you to go to the length of doing the outline. They just want to see, six pages of artwork, you know, so it does differ from publisher to publisher. Um, but in this case, you know, I had a pretty good feeling about scout. Um, and that's what scout required. I think scout requires five pages actually. Mm -hmm. Um, but I include six just cause another publisher, um, required that and we had it. Um, yeah, that's it's through the normal pitch channels. I put together the pitch. Um, you know, I assembled the creative team. We put together the work and we submitted it through the the regular submissions email or, or form on the Scout website. And here in our here we are now.
Yeah, I think sometimes sort of the way that the the submission guidelines for for publishers are set up is sometimes it's almost like like a, a job interview. It's like, can you follow the instructions well right. enough to give us what we're asking for? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you gave them one more page, which is you know is is good because you gave them a little bit extra. But like, if you didn't sort of meet the the, the minimum requirements of what they what they asked for. Uh, I suspect a lot of times, unless whatever they got is just so like breathtaking and, you know, revolutionary that they take it. But a lot of times I feel like it might be almost like an application for a job. Like, can you follow these instructions well enough to sort of get past this, this first phase? Do, do you think that that's probably true? Oh, that's, that's 110% true. You know, I mean, in, in a sense it is a job, right? Cause because they're uh, shelling out money for, for printing the product and, and distribution and to an extent marketing and they have to do all this stuff, right? So, um, you know, it's not free. <laughs> you know, they don't print it for free and all of that stuff. So, you know, they are investing in, in you as, as a creator. So, so it just makes sense, you know. And if you turn around and submit a, a full oversized 40 page one shot, you know, what happens if the submission editor editor doesn't like it? You know, I mean, you just, not only did you kind of piss your chance away at this one topic, but that submission editor is going to recognize, Oh man, this is that, that writer that made me read through, <laughs> read through 40 pages of stuff and they're, they're emailing me again, you know? Um, so yeah, I would treat it just like a job interview because, um, you know, the publisher's certainly your best friend. And, and with a publisher, you are going to find a significantly larger audience, you know, unless you already have that fan base built up because you've, you've written for Marvel and DC and now you're going the creator-owned route, you know? Yeah. So um, I got a couple more questions about the, the creation of the comic. So you had said that you sort of put together an outline that went along with the pitch package to let the publisher um, who was reading it understand that you knew where the story was going to go. You knew how it was going to end. Um, so did you envision that it was going to be three issues or is that just sort of a function of once it was accepted, you were talking with Scout and they're like, you know, we feel like this is going to be, you know, three to four issues or was it always sort of your plan that like three issues was how you wanted to, to tell it? Yeah, we pitched it um, as three issues. Well, so in that synopsis, earlier synopsis, um, I did make sure to mention, you know, we are building this as, um, I have certain influences from certain creators that I really like how they laid out their own world. So I did it similar, you know, I pitched it as, yes, this is a three issue um micro series and that's how we developed it at one point I was going to do four issues but I was running along and I'm like well we have in this fourth issue we have uh like what was it we have like 10 pages of stuff that was worthwhile so would I rather do you know four 20 page issues or would I rather do three 24 page issues so that we went with, with the three and that's how we pitched it but I did let them know you know this story, yes, it's self-contained. Yes, you're going to know everything that's going on within it. And there's not going to be any um, teases at the end with, um, you know, in terms of unresolved plots or anything like that. But this character might say this or or we find out this character's from here and, and used to know this person. So this person does exist in this universe. And that's kind of something I might want to... Um, touch on at some point, you know? Um, but yeah, I did pitch this as a three issue, uh, a micro series, mini series, whatever you want to call it. Um, kind of with the stipulation is, uh, it's not even a stipulation. I let them know my desires is that I wanted to do more than this if they would allow it. Cool. So did you, when you, you have that outline, sort of you go through some of the process and it, you know, you get it down to three issues do you sort of then look at that outline and say, I have three issues. This might lean, it might lend itself really well to sort of like the, the three act structure. And this is looking at the outline. This is a good spot to like 
uh, and one, you know, have a midpoint in an issue, like were you then looking at the outline that way? Absolutely. You know, and that's, that's a good, it's structured exactly like, you know, a three act film. Um, that's kind of by design. Um, but yeah, that's, that's exactly how I was looking at it and, and things of things of that nature. It certainly helps with pacing, you know, um, I don't want to say I'm, you know, I, I'm, I don't consider myself a cinephile, mm-hmm. you know, um, my favorite franchise in the whole entire world is probably the John Wick movies. Um, I totally do not mind the Transformers franchise, you know, um, it, it's stuff like that, that, that really intrigues me. You're that in your, your face explosions and, and action and, and things of that nature, you know, um, of course, I mean, we, that's not to say it's, this isn't, um, just a totally shallow, um, book by any means. And mm-hmm. there, there is development to be had from volume to volume to volume, you know? Um, but I just wanted to really make sure that the pacing was, was, um, nice and tight and, and, and really quick. Um, you know, a lot of people like slow burning comics, man. That's just not my, that's just not my cup of tea. You know, um, what was the, uh, Rick Remender's what was it once in glory? I think it it just wrapped up. It was, uh, Oh, de- uh, death and glory, death and glory. There you go. It was like a 12 issue car chase, man. Mm-hmm. And I just really enjoyed that because it was a constant thing, you know? Um, so that's kind of why I, I think it was worth it going for the, the three issues versus the four. I mean, we could, it, with the four, we could, we could shove more, you know, development and exposition and kind of flesh things out a little more, but then we would be sacrificing the, uh, the pacing for sure. Okay. So, uh, in your intro, your, your, your bio, you said that you've spent a lot of time, um, you know, you know, doing reviews of other comics, do you feel that that allowed you to sort of take bits and pieces of, of things that you saw? Obviously we won't, you know, say that like mm-hmm. so-and-so creator didn't do this well and so-and-so, you know, messed this up, but were you able to see things that you thought maybe were, were dragging out things that weren't paced well and sort of take that time of reviewing all of those comics and then sort of build that skill um, and, and use that for, for this comic? Yeah, I would say more of the opposite. You know, I when I when I write stuff, I don't think of stuff I didn't like. Rather, I think of stuff I I really liked. You mm-hmm. know, and this has afforded me, allowed me to to look at stuff on a critical level and break it down panel by panel. You know, with with the rush that is life. You know, every so often it's um, you might just skim through a comic. You know, and and read panel to panel to panel and. And just skim through and, and kind of give a glance at the artwork and, you know, the, the lettering and, and kind of move on. But um, when, when you critique something, you know, obviously you have to take your time and you have to pour over it and, and you have to read it several times and, and get a sense of what it is, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I wouldn't say I, um, when writing, I, I know I definitely don't say, well, I didn't like that, so I'm not going to do that. Rather, it's... Uh, Oh, I liked, you know, what this creator does. I liked what they did here in this issue structure wise. Um, let's, let's try something like that or, or see how that works out within this world or, or what have you. Yeah, that's probably the, the way I framed the question was, was sort of more of like on the negative side, but actually the way you answered it, you know, focusing on the positives and things that work well, you're able to say, you know, uh, I want to take that the way that was done and sort of borrow that. And we oftentimes we use the term steal like an artist. So like uh-huh. you're, um, you know, you're, you're, you're seeing something that worked really well and you're using, like you said, sort of that structure to, to help aid you in your story. So taking the positive aspect of something that worked well, as opposed to something that didn't work well is probably the the way to go about it. Right, right, right. And that's just kind of, um 
kind of comes from my psyche. You know, I, I mentioned, you know, just a while ago um, that I like Transformers types movies, which aren't critically acclaimed mm-hmm. by anything, you know, so I have a low tolerance from stuff the way it is. So uh, I just, I, I like focusing on the stuff I, I really, really enjoyed. That's, that's cool. Uh, so let's turn our attention to sort of the creative team. So um, t- about 2018, you start taking the steps to um, create this pitch. Um, how did, how did you find, find the, find the artist for this book? The whole creative team I, uh, I found through social media, believe it or not. Um, Samir, uh, Samir Samao does the interior art, does both, uh, all the line art, pencils, inks, the, the works, um, I should say without colors, um, found him through Facebook, actually a group in Facebook. Um, uh, and I reached out, I posted a, uh, post and said, uh, you know, I'm kind of, here's the story. Here's, here's what I'm looking for. And, and the second I saw Samir's work, I'm like, man, this is perfect. It's, uh, it really is perfect for the story. It, it gives off the superhero vibes, but, um, it, there's something I don't want to say unsettling about it. Um, but it just, just kind of tweaks it, you know, and, and that's the way I, I like the circus setting so much. Um, I felt his style matches the circus. Cause what I always say about the circus is you, you go to a circus or, um, I'm kind of lumping all circuses and carnivals in together. So I apologize if you have a, an incredible standout circus, but you go to the circus and there's candy and there's cheery music and, and people are laughing and stuff. But then you look over and there's rickety uh, uh, Ferris wheels or, or rides or something. And you have a worker who's too hopped up on, something you know Mm -hmm. watching that and so much wrong stuff can you know stuff can go wrong so quick um so there's this blend of happy fun time and kind of gross and dirty and there's animal poop on the ground you know from the goats or whatever um that i really thought um was really nice about samir's work i just compared Samir's work to animal poop, but I hope I hope you all get the, get the the, the comparison at least. Um, Warnia um, is our colorist, and she is from um, Jakarta, I believe. Um, and I actually saw her work through Instagram. I was just looking at um, at colors one night, um, and since since we've started working, I mean, she's. Um, she's kind of taken off, man. She does vault stuff. Now she does, um, another book with mad cave Dryfoot. I think she's on Dryfoot. Oh, nice. Um, so I'm hoping she can, uh, return for volume two. Mm-hmm. I'm across my fingers, knocking on wood, but she, she's really taken off. And then letter squids I found through, uh, Twitter, Justin from letter squids is his, uh, studio name. Um, man, Letters can make or break a book, and Justin, man, he kills it every time. Every time uh, he sends finished pages in, one, I'm excited that the finished pages are coming in, but he just he puts so much work into the letters, and it just takes it to a completely uh, n- another level. Um, and it meshes so well with the art and and the stuff I explained earlier. You know, it's not this super 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 dark and gritty batman noir type story um and and the lettering certainly reflects that so i met all three of them uh through social media all social medias really you know facebook twitter and instagram um and that's the creative team cool so um yeah i i agree with you on all the art i was i was scrolling through my my preview copy there are there's a we like to talk about page design a lot here and one of or two of my favorite pages are sort of very similar it's when the 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 older heroes are sort of (laughs) introduced and they're sort of you know we have an action shot in the middle and then we sort of have these uh four smaller panels at the corner that are giving us sort of like you know insights to the characters um you know bios or I, i believe they're even giving sort of like 
like quippy remarks so we can kind of see how they sort of like deal with each other and then you do that again with the uh the the family that's working in the circus it's it's, it's the same structure it's uh you know a, a striking image in the middle and then an introduction to to the to the characters in the corners was that something that you had designed early on or was that something that uh, that the art team brought together nope that was that was all scripted um just because the very first note I ever got from anyone um, while reading the script was, man, there's a lot of characters in this, which there are. Um, so, so I wanted to structure it away so you know who's who right off the bat. And I think it's, I don't think it's necessarily too overpowering. I do think it's, it's just right. You know, we, we tell you their name. It's almost like a mini handbook, you know, official handbook of the marvel universe type of thing you know it, it gives you their name their real name and their powers mm -hmm. um and, and their own logo so i wanted to make sure that was all scripted out um and like i said justin uh he just took it up other not other another notch um and and made the logos and and all that stuff. Um, but yeah, that was entirely by design. I'm glad you brought up those two because uh, they're both two-page splashes. Mm -hmm. um, and that's kind of my nod at here's the team that was and here's the team that is type of thing. Yeah, I liked it. And uh, I, I, I agree with you. Um, the the is, is Justin the, the letterer? Yep, yep. Yeah, he was really flexing his his skills there because it's sort of different fonts, it's logos, it's you know different uh, you know designs. Uh, so that that was really great. Yep, yep, yep. He uh, he got he goes balls to the wall, man. I, <laughs> I love I love working with them, and and it's just incredible. You should check out your portfolio if your your creators looking for for uh, someone to do your letters uh, reach out and just make sure you tell him Adam sent you. So he knows to put your projects after mine. And <laughs> mine, mine keep priority. Cause man, I, I love working with the guy. So I think one, another like story aspect to this is, is the, the character that we meet that's sort of uh, dealing with uh, the repercussions of, of what he's seen. He's sort of, um, using i don't think this is a spoiler here but he's he's drinking heavily i mean we, we right. see that we see that from the cover image um and uh was that a way to sort of uh give you like the the the, the flawed uh, sort of superhero um obviously it's it's you know he's he's been exposed to a lot of stuff um but is that a way to sort of, cause you know, a lot of times the, uh, the, the, the criticism of Superman is that he's, you know, he's the big blue boy scout. He's, he's too powerful. Is this a way to sort of uh, combat that? Uh, you pretty much hit the nail on the head right there. You know, um, he is our demigod, you know, he's the one that, that can look death in its face and, and make it turn, turn around and crawl back into the, the hole it crawled out of, you know? Um, so there, there needs the way to make um, someone like that vulnerable. And I, people always hate me for it. I always catch flack on Twitter, but I'm, I'm kind of in the, the Superman is boring camp, which I know it's the wrong take. And I know he's the most beloved character of all time. And I probably don't read enough of him or, or whatever. Um, but that's that's kind of the thing, man. I mean, over three issues, you see how he went from point A to point B, um, which is pretty much falling face first off Mount Everest. Um, mm -hmm. You know, but it's it's there's something to be said when um, I don't know if you want to call it false idols or, or what have you, you know, there's a, uh, through work and this kind of where this came through work. Um, you know, I've, I've had the chance to interview a lot of actors and, and filmmakers and such. Um, and they're, they're real people, man. And a lot of people always forget this because mm -hmm. you see you, it's a game, the paparazzi play and, and Hollywood media plays and it's 
so-and-so went to uh, eat dinner at this posh place and we got pictures of her and her boyfriend. Who the, who the hell cares that they had dinner, man? They're going to they're gonna go home and take a you know, thing of Tums and go to bed. You know, they're going to wake up and shower and put their pants on, man. It's a human being. Obviously, they have nice pants, you know, nicer pants than you or I, but it's, I mean... And that's the kind of thing with him, you know, he's um, kind of a caution to to the whole false idol things. And even though he has the powers to rule the world, one, um, he doesn't want to do it. Mm-hmm. And, and two, he's in a mindset where he really can't throughout this issue because all the stuff that's happened to him throughout the issues. Yeah, I, I I really like that that aspect of it. Um, I, I find a lot of times uh, the the problem with uh, I, a easy problem to fall in with superheroes is to is to make them uh, too powerful. So they they need to have something to sort of either give them a weakness or something that could be uh, exploited by by a villain. Um, but you, you've done that here um, when you got the art team together. Um, did you start of, uh, you know, as you guys were finding your flow, your, your workflow, were you getting like thumbnails from, from the, the artist to say, yeah, you're, you're on point here. Um, and then you were getting pencils and you were getting inks. How, how, how was that workflow set up? For the first few pages. So right at the beginning, uh, Samir did all the initial character design work too. And once we went from that, we did do the thumbnail route um for the first few pages but eventually we got to um the place where samir could just send me pencils and they were exact they were better than i imagined Mm -hmm. um so i'm like yeah just nail out the pencils man um and just out of a courtesy he, he sends me the pencils before he inks it all um since we've gone to that process i can only think of one time maybe um where the pencils changed from what he sent me um and that was still early on you know now he sends me pages and they just he he totally understands what what i imagined mm-hmm. uh, more often than i think he understands it more than i and that's kind of the the beauty of comics right because you're writing something and um the right the artist can either take that the right way or the completely wrong way and once if they take it you know the wrong way and understand your script completely wrong it's probably the worst thing in the world right but if if they read your script and turn something exactly how you imagined it or even tweak it so it, it flows better or or you know maybe removes a half panel where it was only like a sound effect or something. It's, it's a super beautiful thing when it, when it becomes so cohesive and, and we're fortunate enough to, um, to kind of be on that level, man. And, and I hope he's, he's around for the long haul because um, we have plenty um, more stories to tell. And, and I really, 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 really enjoy working with him. Nice. So you said that you got character designs. Did you also sort of, because this book is, another great thing about this book is sort of the creature designs. Did you get, uh, did you get creature designs early on as, as well? Um, that was all him. We never did do uh, designs um, of the demons. He just rolled with it in the pencil stage. Mm-hmm. And, um and I was perfectly fine with that. <laughs> Once we get into issue two, there's, um, I, I think there's all sorts of Easter eggs involving the demons that um, the, uh, the the fans will enjoy, the readers will, will enjoy. We did um, do um, designs for Balaam um, mm-hmm. just because I wanted to make sure that's right, you know, because that's our dr doom that's our galactus that's our um lex luthor you know that's our that's our villain um and we did go through a couple before we settled on the one um uh that's in the final issue you know you kind of look at 
demonology books and, and things of that nature. And it was like a, a human with an actual goat's head sticking out of his neck, but we're like, ah, that doesn't, I don't know. It just looks weird and, and things of that. So we kind of overhauled um, his entire look from, from what you'll see in um, from reference books or the Bible or something like that. Um, and I think it's, it's better. It helps take the uh, helps take the, the comic and, and push it further. You know, we didn't want to, and that's the thing about comics. You're already paying the art team, right? Mm-hmm. So whether you're paying them to write or draw a human versus drawing um, a three headed demon, you know, it's essentially the same thing. There's no visual effects vendor you have to bring in and pay more to get the visual effects done, right? Because visual effects cost a crap ton more than makeup, um, which is something you don't have to do in comics. So um, that's that's one thing we don't want to do here. We don't want to make it grounded in the sense of, hey, let's um, take away his power because we can't afford turning him into Martian Manhunter anymore or let's cut Medusa's hair because her hair costs too much. Mm-hmm. Um, that type of stuff. So that's, that's the character designs. Um, but yeah, that's, that's the only character design we really, um, I didn't say have issues with, but we just didn't go with the first iteration, I guess. Yeah. Um, well, you know, with something so important, it's it's probably, as you stated, it's probably good that you guys sort of had a few revisions or sort of, you know, you guys were able to sort of compare notes and, and get it to the way you wanted it. Um, but for sort of the other creatures that were designed, how cool was that the, the first time you saw them? Because, you know, for for a while, these were just words on mm-hmm. a page and maybe some images in your head. But then eventually one day, you, you know, you get, you get this email or you get this notification that there's a page in your Dropbox folder and, and you open it up and you see that, like, how cool is that, that feeling? Oh, it's amazing, man. It's, it's so awesome. Um, more often than not, I'll, I'll get the message on Facebook or I'll get the email and, and I'll throw my phone down and start clapping, you know, cause it's like, man, that's so damn good. Um, it's, it's great. It's, it's indescribable, man. It's like seeing one. Of, it's seeing your story that you wanted to tell come to life, you know. Mm-hmm. And each step of the process, and that's what's awesome. You get to relive that so much in comics, man. You get it with the pencils, and then the ink adds a little something, and the colors adds even more something, and then the the letters. And you're like, oh man, I just made a GD comic book page. <laughs> you know, it's 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 uh, hard to beat that feeling. Yeah, it's great. Uh, you know, especially um, as the writer, you're you're usually the well, not usually. Uh, you know, more often than not, you're the you're the starting point, and it's something that you've sort of been imagining. And it's either it's 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 one of two things. It's either this magical moment when the the artist or the art team sends you something back, and it's almost exactly as the way you pictured it in your head, or they've actually they've actually, you know, done it better than, than what you could have, you were sort of using in your head. So that, that, that it's, it's one of those two things and they're both very magical. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's the thing, man, with the short stories I've talked about, you know, I, I have worked with some artists and they send the stuff in and you kind of sink cause you're like, man, this really isn't going to work out, you know? Um, mm-hmm. so I I haven't even come close to that type of feeling with this team and not even close. Um, so yeah, it's when you work with a team um, and, and you communicate well and you understand each other well and you understand how they work. So you can kind of, you know, base your deadlines off of that and you can do your expectations off of that. Um, nothing beats it in the, the world of comics. Very nice. So the, we're recording this um, at the beginning of October. It's actually October 1st at the time of recording. So this book will be out uh, in December. Is that correct? It's coming out December 2nd, uh, you know, uh, God willing. Uh, you know, who knows 
what the hell is going to happen between now and December. It's scheduled for December 2nd. Yes. Mm -hmm. So roughly there's roughly about two and a half weeks to still sort of pre-order this book. And with a, with a book that's not sort of a Marvel or DC book, what's very important is, is to, to pre-order books. Right. So Mm -hmm. uh, with this being a scout book, um, you know, this is, I'm going to give you your opportunity to, to speak, get up on your soapbox and speak to the, the, uh, the importance of uh, pre-ordering your books. So I love that you brought this up because it is such a, it's a machine, right? So here's the position I'm in. I am a first time published creator dealing with, um, you know, fresh, original, brand new intellectual property from what many considers probably still a a small press indie publisher, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, Take those three bullet points and add to the fact that I have to sell a comic book now that they give me three to four weeks to sell two months in advance. Um, you know, it's, it's an uphill battle. So here's, here's how it works, right? So, um, this is probably elementary stuff for everyone that's listening. So here's what comics work, right? You have to pre-order cause the, the, all the stores gather the pre-orders, right? And they tell diamond, the distributor, here's how many issues we got. Right. And then diamond's going to send that to scout and, and scout's going to say, okay, we need to print X amount of comics. Scout's probably going to print a little more than that just for, you know, second orders or, or reorders or whatever, you know, for stores want to do. But that's the thing. Scout's not going to go out and print 100,000 copies. Mm -hmm. um, Because that's one irresponsible for, a new creator and a new title and it's just flat out irresponsible for, for a publisher that's not Marvel or DC, you know, I mean, the image doesn't even order that. Right. I think I just saw Remender's uh, Rick's latest book. The scumbag is his highest selling at like 70,000 or whatever. Um, and that's, it's difficult, man, but I'm not sure there's, there's another way you can do it. Um, so yeah, pre-orders are open through October 18th. Um, and and I encourage you to pre-order. I, we do have two covers through Diamond, right? We have cover A, there's that one from Samir Samal. Then we have a uh, an incentive, a one of ten incentive from Juan Angel. He's a uh, concept artist for like uh, video games and and does some film type work. Um, and he's dipping his toe into comics, and he did this kind of Game of Thrones homage. Um, but instead of the Iron Throne with uh, swords, we have an aluminum throne made of beer cans, which is perfectly <laughs> fitting for uh, Richard Mo- Richard McCoy, our, our protagonist. Um, that's that's kind of my spiel about the machine. You know, if I'm if I'm selling this book to you, it's a uh, it has some serious nostalgic type vibes to the superheroes of yesteryear. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do think it, it has some fresh takes on, you know, some, some original, um, or it has fresh takes on, on classic ideas. Um, it, I mean, I, I love it. So I, I hope everyone else loves it. You know, um, it's, it's interesting. It's certainly adult oriented. Let's, let's get that out there. If you can't tell by the title, Um, it is adult oriented. It's not, I will not consider it raunchy or anything like that. I mean, there's blood, there's guts, there's plenty of swearing, but it's not, um, a triple X movie or anything of that nature. Um, but yeah, it's, and that's the other thing, man. It's another thing. Most indie publishers don't, uh, don't jump at superhero books. Um, in fact, yeah, that's very true. Some advocate completely against someone even take superhero submissions. When I submitted this to Scout, um, you know, that was kind of one of the, the the bullet points on on their website. You know, we, we talked about job interviewing before and and the, the whole superhero line was kind of the the one you have to skirt around a little bit. Um, but they believed in enough to pick it up, even though they they focus on 
non-superhero books. Um, so yeah, I think it's, it's a nice little, uh, unique take on, on the genre at least. Yeah, I agree. You had mentioned earlier, uh, the, the, I think you had mentioned earlier, the boys and I, I got, uh, I got a little bit of a, a boys vibe, uh, from, 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 from the, the story. And I think, you know, it being set in a, in a, in a, in a circus, there's so many, early Marvel books that involve sort of like the, 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 the traveling circus. So that, that was cool as well. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 And that's, it's, um, I think the timing's super great. I'm glad the, uh, the boys came out when it did. Right. Cause the boys season one came out right after, um, we, we started pitching this book. Um, it's the boys in the sense of like that kind of the blood and stuff I I talked about or, or it's the boys in the sense of, um, it's a a different take than just a, a superhero team up type thing, you know, Mm -hmm. um, it's totally, it doesn't have the vaughtness of it where we're commercializing it and all this stuff. Rather it's a, a superhero world that's just kind of down on its down on its luck nice so you had mentioned that you sort of you wrote this but you have the ability and you know the three issues are going to tell a complete story but you have the ability to sort of expand upon the world so this is something that you would like to return to but is there any uh, is there another type of story that you're that you're thinking about that you would like to try or is there you know another idea that you're sort of uh working on, on trying to pitch and you don't have to get into, you know, mm-hmm. details, but you know, is it, is it a, is it a weird Western? Is it a hard sci-fi book and stuff like that? Um, yeah. So you're talking outside of this particular world, right? I, yeah. uh, yeah, I'm working on several things. Um, I have, so one book, I, I have enough Page is done to pitch that. That's been in the the can for a while now. I just haven't gotten around to getting it lettered. Um, I'm not sure where my heart is on that one yet. Um, I do have another one in production right now that I, I really want to really want to pitch with a uh, a super fun premise. It's um, John Wick esque. I know I shouted John Wick out earlier, but I teased it on my Facebook and and social media last week. So I, if I say my elevator pitch, it kind of gives up the the whole um, thing. So I do have some more irons in the fire for sure. I I do hope to at least pitch something by the end of the year. Again, um, we'll see, man. This this year's been so bonkers. It's it's felt like the longest year ever, but it went from March to October overnight. So I have no idea how the next two months are going to go. Uh, yeah, uh, that actually leads me into uh, what I wanted to cover next. Uh, 2020 has been a year that's thrown us all for a loop. Uh, you know, as of you know March, we sort of all have hopefully be being safe. You know. Uh, socially distancing and all that kind of stuff. But eventually this book is going to be on a shelf in a comic book store. So are you going to take the time to sort of savor that moment and walk into a shop and see it sitting on a, on a rack of comics? Absolutely. Um, you know, I have something in a uh, comic store I'm doing locally here next, next week. Um, you know, social distanced with, with the masks and all this stuff, but yeah, I don't have a, I, I absolutely will. I'm still working out uh, a launch party type uh, thing. Um, and, and I think we'll, we'll do something like that. And it's going to be, man, it's going to be super exciting to walk in a shop and, and see the book on there. So um, yeah, it's, it's a lot of work and it's going to be a lot of work up until it comes out. And it's going to be a lot of work after that, but I'll, uh, I'll walk into a store and and buy myself a copy and, and kick back and read it and try to decide what comes next. Nice. And maybe if the store is uh, puts their books out in alphabetical order, you'll be somewhat close to, to Superman. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. There's, yeah, that's a good idea. Maybe I should uh, recommend that. Nice. So, um, 
I, I really enjoyed uh, reading this comic and, and talking about it with you today. Um, and we've expressed to everybody the the importance of uh, you know telling their shops that that, that they want to pre-order it. Uh, but as we close up, can you let folks know um, where to to follow you online uh, so that they can keep up to date with this title and uh, you know stuff that might uh, be coming that in the in the future? Absolutely. So I'll give you the the comic stuff first. That's uh, the main stuff I have with that is Facebook, and that's facebook.com slash shitshowcomic. That's all spelled out, no asterisk like we stylized the title. Um, so facebook.com slash shitshowcomic. And then we do have an email newsletter sign up on, on the website. The website is www.poop.show, P-O-O-P.show. That's our website. Um, and then I'm also fairly active on both Twitter and Instagram and both my handles on there are at Adam Barnhart. And that is A D A M B A R N H A R D T. Um, and those are, uh, that's where you can find me. Um, yeah. Facebook, we, we talk about world building and stuff. Um, last month uh, I turned September into September and I did a post a day and did some like handbook type entries and, and stuff there. Some, cool little quote unquote viral marketing. Um, so yeah, just follow along with Facebook or, or hit me up on Twitter and, and Instagram and um, keep in touch yeah, on the Facebook page um, for the next three weeks. I'm going to be posting the diamond codes once a day. Um, so if your, your shop can't find it because they're spilling out shit show and they're not including the asterisk or, or they're typing it with an eye, um, you know, just give them the code and, and that solves that. Um, but yeah, that's all on the Facebook page. Cool. Well, we're going to have links to your social media and we will put the, uh, we'll put the link, uh, for, for previews world, uh, with the with the diamond code in, in our show notes as well so for anybody listening just to make it as easy as possible for them but uh adam uh thanks for for reaching out and thanks for sharing the comic and, and coming on um you have an, an open invite uh when more issues come out or, or when other projects come out we'd love to touch base with you again absolutely i will totally take you up on that thanks matt thanks for having me no problem. So for anybody listening, if you could give us a rating and review on the podcasting service you use, we'd really appreciate it. If you want to follow the podcast, we're on Twitter at Construct Compod. Instagram is Constructing Comics Pod. Facebook and YouTube is Constructing Comics. Also, please check out the Facebook page for Ageless Press. Um, there is a Kickstarter going on that I'm involved with for Dino Thrashers. It's the, the first book from Ageless Press. Um, and Noah, the co-host of Constructing Comics with me, he is the artist on that book. So we're going to have links to all of that stuff as well as Adam's stuff in our show notes. But I'd like to thank everybody for listening. Uh, encourage everybody to be safe, be nice, and go out there and make some comics. Thank you. We'll be back uh, very soon.